when you bomb in front of comics it's the worst cuz cuz you're all like it's so awkward man comics are so bad in terms of handling handling such awkward moments nobody knows what's the right thing to say everybody has an asshole inside them so it's rejoicing the situation yeah so it's so awkward yeah. so but it was humbling enough because i realized oh okay so you can be as good as you seem to be on a day but yeah. uh, you all there is the rest of the world that you who didn't know who you are or who you don't have a connecting point to so you can't even crack 4 minutes with them Hey guys, welcome back to Bits and Pieces podcast. My name is Noah Martins and if this is your first episode, the purpose of this podcast is to try to figure out society's exceptions. Entrepreneurs, celebrities, business people see what makes them tick and why they're different. And so uh, I'd like to introduce today's really special guest. He is an internationally touring stand-up comedian and India's official debunker of South Indian stereotypes. Uh you can find his special Madrasida on Amazon Prime. Arvind I say thank you so much for joining me. Thanks Rohan thank you for having me over and I like the new title you gave me. I should remember to add this. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I like I, Yeah. I like the new beard. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think like it's it's, it's the most done thing right in this lockdown yeah. beard. Yeah yeah just yeah. to show that you are also going through it. <laughs> man now i feel so bad because earlier i never had the opportunity to grow now i felt so proud saying hey look yeah. my beard is coming out and then i <laughs> step out for a grocery shopping you realize the whole world is doing it and like okay yeah. <laughs> i'm not an exceptional person in the beard category yeah, yeah. uh so before we get into it the first question is how did you even discover stand up like how did you discover that was a thing um i didn't i was not entirely uh, into it per se uh, my uh, friend my best friend bargo who's also a comic his special just released on amazon prime um, okay. like two days ago okay. right along with a kanan show on uh, netflix right it's called fufu bonda so okay. um, uh, yeah anyway so bargo was working for a theater company in chennai 10 years ago called evam and they okay. were into doing all kinds of uh, fun uh, theatrical um, uh, ips um, that that was like a catered to younger audiences because that's the only way they figured theater could be sustainable as right. a full time living so one of the things that they ended up therefore stumbling across and wanting to experiment in chennai was the idea of stand up comedy which bargo was the one who pretty much floated that idea and uh, executed okay. it because he was an employee of the company evam right so he also happened to know me and a bunch of people he identified unconventional uh, resources in his um, uh, community that he felt could be trained and uh, towards uh, becoming a comedian because we had no okay. proof of concept or even frame of reference back in those days we treated it like funny monologues right okay yeah and so you went from making uh, being a freelance filmmaker to doing stand up yeah yeah and was there any resistance from your family maybe or were they cool with it no no so the resistance that i that i got from my family kind of stopped in school itself because i made the jump in school yeah. itself to not do engineering or rather i stopped studying in 11th and 12th grade okay. um i was not doing well great in from a grades point of view okay. so during that time they gave their best shot to <laughs> see if something would work yeah. and yeah. then they kind of stopped there itself so i uh, the resistance uh, uh is not a problem so 
why do you do it like why do you get on stage why do you take the trouble to write like what's the real reason what's your favorite part of it maybe you can take why it um, changing now why do it keeps changing now in the sense okay it used to be, it used to be about wanting to make a living right to to a philosophical thing of wanting to make people laugh right to a philosophical or rather to a more of an introspective thing of saying wanting to be heard hmm to uh to a psychological thing of just say just wanting to be busy man like don't be <laughs> idle you know right the need changing yeah. man so yeah. why it's such a there is bunch of things okay uh, but so i also do stand up and but my favorite part of it is like if i was to pick my favorite part between writing and going on stage i love writing but when i get to see people's reactions that's my favorite part like when i go on stage and when i try out a joke for the first for the first time so what's your favorite part hmm wow i've been doing this for 10 years i've never thought there are parts to this but don't uh, you agree that they are two different experiences writing and being on stage both are, for me both are equally nerve wracking okay like like i break my head when i'm trying to write like you would think like oh my god relax yeah because i've noticed there's so much complex like your uh, your set is so like there's so much research that probably goes into it like we can take that sundar pichai one as an example like would you go into that by first reading an article and then uh writing your jokes or do you come up with a premise and then like find a find content to validate it no i guess it can work both ways in sundar pichai's case i ended up doing it uh when i had the idea and then i started bifurcating and next from that idea you know so you start extrapolating from that idea right right so not looking for avenues around it okay whereas i have i have all, ideas have also come up from a direct source of saying i would have read, read a youtube comment and i would have been like oh this is a great idea yeah like so, so how does your creative process go i'm sorry how does your pre- creative process go in general so it comes about uh having enough regular sessions to sit and uh put your mind to towards writing and for me writing is probably more difficult than performing i would say because once mm-hmm. you write i think your job is done in the sense performance is just whether you, if you feel like you'll do it but writing yeah. when you feel like you you won't do it because it's for yeah. at least for me it's incredibly hard to write i don't yeah. know how i managed it so far like i'm like the most if i can go i can go an entire year without writing anything new okay and i have so okay. and 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 i've gone i've gone years where i didn't realize that i've actually written like two specials worth content hmm. so it's it for me writing is like this very seasonal moody thing and okay. i don't know uh, how it happens i've still not had a good enough grasp around it whereas okay. what i do very well is tweaking so what i okay. what you end up writing i end up doing the whole um, that part i do a lot in the sense the time i spend to tweak yeah. and retune and fine tune is right. a lot more than the time i spend to create okay but when you go on stage with a joke for the first time do you have like only a concept in mind or do you know oh, no, the line okay i have everything written to the t yeah okay, i don't do anything i don't okay. improvise about it i'm but, very Like but I then how do you find out where to tweak it every time you do it you record the audio and you listen to it so you understand okay okay so I, i can 
I have a memory of that show, then I listen to the audio again. Right. Then after a point, you don't need the audio because your memory in itself will tell you the truth about okay, you know these portions are not working for these reasons. Okay. okay, these portions you're not sure. So let me go and play the audio to check if I performed it the way I wanted it to or not, okay. or if the laugh was actually there and if I'm not remembering it, etc. So things like that. So you okay. keep tweaking based on your muscle memory. Okay, fine. And uh, would you say you're still learning as a comedian? I think that's the only thing I'm doing, man. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, ha- I am very lucky to be making a living out of it. But as a comedian, if you ask me how, if you ask me to rate my skill level, I would put it very low. Like I would, I would probably say three, four out of ten. Okay. From a skill level. Um, but um, but I would say the learning part is immense in the sense there's so much to do. And okay. Such a young industry. Very few comics uh, are actually, I would say, at a superb level of skill in India because right. we are too young as an industry and right. the number of opportunities we get to perform is also limited. That's true. So unless you're in a place like Bombay where every day you usually yeah. have an open mic. So especially right. when you come to Chennai, it's not necessarily that uh, bustling a scene. And right. I'm also not the kind of guy who would be like, I'm not, see Veer Das is the kind of hustler you look up to. Veer, okay. you know, Monday to Friday, you know, he's busting his backside. Uh, writing new stuff Saturday, Sunday, he'll be in some other country doing a random show. He has right. six products at the same time that he keeps shuffling with. Well, that's insane level of bandwidth and uh, work right. ethics, man. So, uh, if you ask me, therefore, to answer your question, I, w- I have way too much to learn to even to get close enough to all of that level of work ethics. Okay. But do you have like a method to learning? Like, or could you give me an example maybe of uh, the last time that you felt like you learned something? Last time that I felt like I learned something. Oh man, how do I put it? I mean, because for me, every time I observe anyone doing anything, I'm always sitting and analyzing. That's one unfortunate part right. of being an OCD that I have, which is when <laughs> someone puts something out there, I try right. my best to avoid it. In the sense, okay. avoid consuming. I know I'll be judging the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, no need. Let's not watch it. Let's not watch it. It's okay. Right. But then if I end up watching it, I know I'm psychoanalyzing okay. the whole time. Like every right. line, what his thought process would have been, what I would have done if I was him, what right. I think he's going for. Yeah. No, I do all this unnecessary because I, that's just my mental makeup. Right. Um, and I keep my judgments to myself in a sense. Okay. I don't, uh, I mean, as much as I understand this is a lot of indulgence and obsession, it's an obsession that I keep in myself. It's not like I take that and yeah. I, I form opinions out of it. It's just okay. for me to keep, how do I put it, to hone my own instincts about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So every time, like, like I was watching Baggies, um, that is Barwood's Kung Fu yeah. Bonda on Amazon Prime again. Right. So the first 20 minutes, he's my best friend, but still I was cringing at so many places. I'm like, oh shit, I wouldn't do this. Oh no, yeah. I would go here. Yeah. But I'm like, oh wait, that's something I can never do. In, this, yeah. in a matter of two minutes, I can swing both ways. Right. Because you're perennially judging and that's how I am. So, okay. um, so that, those are all ways in which I feel I learned because, um, because then when I sit down to write, all of these instincts kick in to make me take the right decision somewhere. Okay. And uh, who would you say inspires you? You can tell me comedy-wise, you can tell me maybe someone in your personal life who's always been there and like keeps you going. So who are your inspirations? You can do both actually. Do comedy inspiration. Do what? In comedy inspires you to just go up on stage and be more creative, like be creative and keep doing it. Like you could tell me your favorite comics, maybe the first, the people you look up to in general in comedy. Comedy. Yeah. So 
I guess in many ways, uh, uh, Tamil comedians like Vadivelu and Gaundabani have inspired me a lot. Uh, okay. They are considered the legends in, in, in Tamil comedy. And Tamil comedy is extremely unique uh, when compared okay. to any other regional Tamil film comedy. I mean, when compared right. to any other regional um, f- uh, film comedy out there in the sense, like for example, Bollywood does not have the kind of, um, um, what do you say, glossary of... Uh, comedy that we do in Tamil because we have our own comedy tracks. The comedians in Tamil are as big as the heroes, if not bigger. Right. Right. Whereas, in, like, we have our own meme culture centered around it. Like, okay. we, refer, we have our own references that nobody will ever understand. Like, yeah. some random movie that did that nobody would have heard of. Right. No people wouldn't have seen that movie, but they would remember the comedy track in that movie to the right. day because YouTube of it would be out there. So, right. all we need is a frame referencing that particular moment to a political right. thing that we just did, you know? So yeah. my point is, imagine being in a community and surrounded by friends who are referencing this back and forth. Your right. comedy is actually out there all the time. Right. So in that sense, these two guys called Gondamani and Vadivel. Gondamani is by far the greatest comedian I would say our country has ever seen. One of by far the best man. So he's politically okay. incorrect, irreverent and ahead of his time. And someone who's played unbelievable, uh, uh, di- unbelievably diverse roles. So he's probably been someone I've been able to adapt and put it in English because he does it in Tamil. So for me, I realize a lot of times since I do it in English, the resemblance is not therefore immediately there. So I okay. get away with it. Right. Because if I end up saying the same thing in Tamil, they'll be like, yeah, that's such a <laughs> thing to say. But because right. I think and write English as well, right. it sounds like a new packaging altogether. And that's pretty much how comedy works. I'm sure Gaunamani would have gotten this inspiration from somebody else who talks the way that they do in, around this community. Right. And so that's, that's yeah. So those are the two people who have inspired me the most, I would say. Okay. And maybe someone in your personal life who is always like a rock to you and. Oh, so that definitely, uh, the person I've already mentioned so far, Baggy, right. slash Baggy, he would see me drop his name throughout the shows and all the right. friend characters in my, in my acts. Yeah. Yeah. Either be really him or it'll be his name that I use. Yeah. So he pretty much started the stand-up comedy movement in Chennai, like I told okay. you earlier, and, right. uh, and pretty much has been the sole, rather one of the few sole believers in uh, my creative journey from school because we were friends since classmates, rest of friends from school. So mm. he pretty much saw it in me and kept pushing me not to quit or he saw a lot of potential. He said, someday this will this will come through in some form or the other, keep at it, etc. So I definitely owed 99% of it to me. Right. Uh, on that note, how, how would you, how much do you value like uh, the circle that you keep around you? Like what would you, do you, if at all, what are your criteria for the people that you keep around you? Maybe in your production team or your management, like what do you look for? Mm, so I... Well, primarily I look for a lot of honesty. Okay. So, because I'm a, I have a lot of uh, perfectionist uh, disorders, you could say. Okay. So, which I can't take people who faff around right. or who, who think they're being street smart about things or right. come up with fixes. I know people can survive doing things like that. And yeah. who like to take a lot more laid back approach to things. Hmm. I, I consciously and carefully avoid that. So primarily that comes from, if you're honest, then you would, you would uh, either be smart or you, uh, and still be honest 
or yeah. you would be hard working and be honest but point is in both cases i would appreciate honesty more than straight smartness right uh, uh, because that way at least accountability and everything kicks in after that so i would say yeah honesty is first then what are the what are the people i guess i i'm attracted to very a lot i'm attracted to calm people because i'm not calm at all i'm very okay. anxiety ridden and i'm right. very fidgety and restless yeah. and hyper so i like to put a team around me that um, that can think through this noise like and, uh, and right. the chaos i create around them okay so that's another trait so i mean invariably more they i i end up working with people who i'm very either i'm very fond of or i'm very close to i have to my friends are diff- i mean i work with a lot of my friends okay but i because i trust i work on a trust basis a lot but my okay. colleagues are not necessarily my friends yeah so i do when for my the company we do pick uh, people uh outside of our friend circle but having right. said that we look to pick someone who we are very likely to be friends with because yeah the kind of company that we end up being in the entertainment space you are such a small unit you need someone who gets your vibe and who would the right. really your principles need to align yeah and you go, who would go all the way for it because right. you get your vibe like this so right. i would not is it post this job or whatever we we continue to be friends right uh okay i as a comedian you probably bombed like all comedians do so if you could tell me maybe your favorite bombing story like maybe the favorite worst bomb. bomb ever or just a strange bomb um um i should i just i wish i had known that in life i would end up having to give so many interviews that people would ask these questions because then every time a bomb i would have written it down somewhere right okay, yeah, yeah great interview sound bite hmm. should be a super right you don't remember much um i don't know if i have a story about it but i remember on a sunday i just sold out madrasida to about 1000 1200 people my biggest wow. crowd yet in bangalore okay ambedkar yeah and they stayed back and there was an open mic that happens every monday in bangalore in uh, this place called uh, um a take fight it's like the oldest uh, first and the oldest uh, running open mic in bangalore so one day that okay. comedians hosted it so all the, and in fact that open mic had kanan biswa uh, okay. they were all in bangalore for some reason so all of them had come down so i stayed back to hang out with them as well so right so ima so uh, and that's a pub and it had okay. this random walk in foreigners and classic bangalore crowd whereas my yeah. show was a solo show it right. had more of a core following right people who okay. know of you coming, yeah having seen your youtube clips yeah. so two different things so yeah. for from going having a standing ovation there to yeah. then going number 20 on a 30 lineup for uh, uh, you know four hour show in uh, in a in a pub and yeah. i bomb i tried the same thing i tried in that show and i bomb and that's when it it hits you so much to realize you're not actually a funny person you're just as funny as that crowd who chose to see you on that day because like i realized the in the, in the way i bombed all the comics are all i mean when you bomb in front of comics it's the worst cuz cuz you're all like it's so awkward man comics are so <laughs> bad in terms of handling handling such awkward moments nobody knows what's the right thing to say everybody has an asshole inside them so it's rejoicing the situation yeah so it's so awkward yeah. so but it was humbling enough because i realized oh okay so you can be as good as you seem to be on a day but yeah. uh, you all there's the rest of the world that you who wouldn't know who you are or who you don't have a connecting point to so you can't even crack 4 minutes with them because right. those were 
30 strangers who just chose to walk up to a pub who wouldn't know what Chennai was or right. who, who didn't connect with any of my jokes that I, that I chose to perform on that day. Right. So that just tells me that you need to have such a wide range of, you know, glossary Material. of jokes. Right. Yeah. So that means you can immediately judge oh, who are the 30 sitting in this venue. What right. do they look like? What is most likely to go for them? They look white or they look blank or they look rich. They look right. like an English medium school kind of person. They have no idea about South India. I should just do hmm. men, women jokes or okay. I should just do you know, America, Trump jokes, stuff like that. Right. You should have, you should have material that allows you this much diversity. I, I, don't, right. I, I actually don't write like that. I actually hmm. write in a very autobiographical manner. Right. So in the sense, therefore, those who follow me will get me. But it's the challenge is actually to be able to make those who don't know you also to like you and get you know that's the that's the difficult part man. right but wherever you travel in the world it's all of your audience all of my audience in a sense they have how do i put it some they, idea they, who they you are DNA. like it's not okay. necessarily that all of them are fans who've come with the disposition of wanting to lose their head when they see me. right but they've come with the idea of that hey i see some connect in whatever he's saying i'm not a direct fit like i'm hmm. not from chennai or mm-hmm. I'm not even South Indian, but I'm I'm well versed, rounded enough with my Indian experiences that I know I know I know how South Indians sound. I know right. they look like this. I know they're very frantic about how they go. I know their English is yeah. different from ours, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. So if you come with this enough of an interest and a disposition, most of the audiences across the world that I do end up uh, out. I'm saying outside of the South pockets. Of course, in South, people are coming just for you because they know right. you. Hmm. South of India. I mean. Yeah. Anywhere else, I would say it's actually a f- even 50-50 mix. So uh, they come with the with the inclination of saying, "Hey, I'm up for some South stuff. Let me see what they have." Okay. And then if you win them over, then you're they're like, "Hey, that's great. India has such unique voices." I've noticed a lot of them stay back to let me know the fact that they came with a very skeptical mindset because they okay. are not used to anything outside Bombay and Delhi, and right. and they're like, "No, this is perfectly accessible, relatable humor." Do you have a favorite fan moment, maybe? Do I have a favorite fan moment? Yeah, well, one time after my show, there was this person who got up to my stage, waited for a long line, and then got when her turn came up. She came with two trolley bags, man. That's when she told me she actually came right from the airport and missed the first half hour because the flight oh. was late. Wow. I was like, wow, this is serious commitment. I yeah. It's too much. Yeah. So I told her. I'm putting you on the guest list for the rest of my show. And, wow. and I, she, this was in US. So okay. and then it came back to US again. Right. And I actually came to my show again and caught the first 30 minutes that she missed. <laughs> I brought a few friends because I put her on the guest list. So okay. yeah. Do you have a favorite country to perform in outside of India? Oh, outside of India, my favorite country to perform. I would say US because... Uh, when I go to US, I do about 25, 30 cities or at least okay. 20 to 25 cities. Right. So it's two, two and a half months of touring. Right. It's like the biggest test for a comedian, man. You're like, when you come out, you're a better person. You're a better comedian. You're just, you're, you feel exhausted. You know, I genuinely feel like I'm making up for all the years I wasted in life doing nothing. Right. You know, there are so many years like that, that you're like, oh, what am I doing in life? It's yeah. wasted. I feel so guilty. So when I go through, put myself through such grinds and it's actually not a grind like where I'm going to some army and suffering or something like that. It's actually a grind, but doing something you love, but man, it's so hard because it's... Because of the diversity and stuff? I'm sorry? Because of the diversity in the audience and stuff like that? Or just because of the traveling? Because of the physical demands of touring 25 cities in 40 days. Right. 
the logistics of it, the craziness of the mental yeah. fatigue it takes. Right. And from a diversity, there's not much I can. I, I after show four, show five, you're like, listen, I'm just gonna go say the same stuff. Yeah. You laugh not. Yeah. Yeah. I've written this. I've taken a gamble. Some shows will work. Some won't. Right. Like if I. At least I'm not, I'm not that skilled. Like I told you, I would love to be so skilled as a comedian that I can go with hundreds of stories in my head with right. no random or order. Then right. I go on stage. I see the crowd. I see the mm. composition. Right. I feel like let's see what they might like. Yeah. And then I throw up ideas. Now that is what the average American comic does. Mm. Right. Because for them, it's just second nature to think in English and to write and speak in English. Mm. For me, it isn't. Hmm. For me, before I go perform, I have to think it through because English is not something I'm particularly comfortable with. So it's not something I can just take a mic and be like, "Hey, I know I have had these ideas in my head. Let me riff to these white people out here." No, that's not how it works for me. Okay. Have you had maybe a favorite fan moment where you see another comedian who you really appreciate perform, and like that's been favorite fan moment as in as, as in you're a fan. Yeah, you're a fan of someone else. Oh man, that's like I told you. Every time I watch a comedian, I'm judging. So when I judge, it's positive. Also happens. Like right. that, that's one particular reason why I don't have one favorite in our country. If you ask me to pick, like okay. I've been in awe of uh, Alex's talents when he's on stage. Alex mm. yeah. is from Chennai, uh, and he does a lot of musical comedy. So okay. when he goes about mixing, um, uh, he goes about spotting humor in film music. It's a it's a genre that I never saw coming, and I was like, so when he, when I see him take a note and extend it and and come up with a story behind that note, a musical note, mm. you know, and I'm just in awe of wow, that's that's a new topic that nobody's even touched in our Indian stand-up comedy thing. So that's yeah. something that I that uh, uh, I'm a fan of. Likewise, I'm a fan of how Biswa just takes the oddest of topics mm. and and creates insane drama around it just by odd thinking. Yeah, I I don't even understand Hindi much, but I, Biswa is so smart with this writing that you don't need to know Hindi to understand how he's taken yeah. something so simple right in front of you, like you would have been like remote, hmm. and then he'll come up with twenty things about remotes, <laughs> and you're like, wow. Yeah, this is again a guy that that will make you feel like, oh damn, you have to you which was right in front of you. Why did you see this again? Yeah. So that's something I've been I've been a fan of. I like when you look at someone like a Kenny. I just love how freely he. Performs on stage as a, as a he's a born entertainer. You can tell Kenny on stage is he's just thinking of I'm I'm going to be as naked as possible and and connect. So I just love that aspect of uh, Kenny. Even a Naveen is like that. Right. Naveen Richard. Yeah. So, so you become fans when when there are certain things about comedians that I really love when they actually indulge in those things. I right. automatically no matter how insecure you feel deep down, hmm. you automatically are in awe. Of, all of that they're doing because you hope to inspire, you, know, you hope that inspires you or you you even sometimes I look back at my performances and I and I'm like okay it's I'm like do this thing more because remember that's what Kenny and Naveen does and that's yeah. why they you love it when they do it so I remind myself on many, uh, many occasions to give myself some strength. Okay, uh, I'll close with the last two questions. Uh, the first one is what is the most important advice you'd give someone. Who's starting an unconventional career like stand-up? So I'll have a bunch of things I'll they'll probably tell because like I I suck at telling things in like one word or one line of. Sure. So one would be first and foremost you have to be honest to yourself, man. Anyone right. starting something unconventional, yeah, the the whole idea of hey let's do something unconventional, 
Hmm. Uh, let's do something daring. Let's do something adventurous. So hmm. always grass is greener on the other side. I don't want to confirm. I don't want to be the regular Joe. The, the regular Joes are the butt of all the jokes. Right. But nobody makes jokes about comedians. How cool are they? I know. I know how it feels. But my right. point is, first thing I always tell is something I still practice. <laughs> you have to be extremely honest about hmm. why you're doing something. Right. What you're doing it for? Yeah. Whatever the different thing that you're pursuing, mm-hmm. and what data or feedback you're getting from it, you have to be okay. honest about all of it. In the sense, yeah, I'm putting a lot of effort. I'm putting why out, why as my outcome. Right. X and Y. You have to do an honest trade-off. You should mm-hmm. not be like, oh no, but my mommy told me I'm great at it. No, I just be brutally honest. Because I'm not saying be brutally honest to quit. I'm just saying any journey you live, there's, there's honesty in it. You'll see value for the journey. Right. Because even if, if you're quitting, I mean, no, what I mean is, even if it means your data tells you you have to quit, that means you're not quitting. You're actually starting something else that you're more honest about. Right. Yeah. So first thing I would say is honesty, because a lot of times I've seen people jump into this and and not necessarily understand why it's not working for them, mm. because they don't. They're not being honest to the data that somewhere telling them that this is not for you. There's something else. Mm. So, but on, so you really have to go with such an open, clean slate and a wide mind to be able to take all the data that comes and then realize, okay, this is why I'm here. So that's point one in terms of advice. The point, second point I would say is, uh, uh, stage time, man. You, the only way you would know as a comedian, specifically about comedy. Hey, if, if you want to know how, how do you get better or if you have a future here or if you want to do something about it, it the same advice that applies to me now and it will apply to me 20 years later when I'm a 50 year old comedian. It's the same thing, man. Stage time. Go up on stage, put yourself out there with whatever you had written and you were fearing about yeah. and get the data that you're getting from that. And then whether you like it or not, you've improved. Mm. Now, whether you, whether that improvement counts into something tangible for you is your call. But okay. every time you hold that mic on stage and do it for two, two, two people or 2000 people, Every time you do it on stage, you're improving. Right. Then you go and connect it back to your honesty to be like, okay, now I did this. Now I got this in return. Am I doing a good job of it or not? Point right. is I am improving, but that doesn't necessarily mean you still want to do it. Right. So that's why I keep telling people do hundred people see like keep coming in and asking me things like, Hey, I've done 20 shows. I don't know how to improve. I feel like I'm stagnating. Hmm. I don't know if this is the future for me. Can you have a look at my stuff and tell me I'm like, how can 10 shows tell you that man? Yeah. 10 shows can't tell you that only you can find it out. And I tell them, if you, if you, if you feel that you don't have an answer yet, then you just have to keep getting on stage hmm. because the more you get on stage, the more you, data you'll have towards an answer. The answer might be, yes, this is your thing or no, this is not your thing. Hmm. The only thing that will tell you the answer is the stage, not you and uh, not people. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. And that should probably connect to the last question, which is what's the end goal for Arvind essay? What, what do you want people to remember you by? <laughs> I don't want people to remember me, man. Okay. I, I, I don't want people to remember me at all. I, I've thought about this and all. Okay. I don't want people to remember me. And I would like to, what I would, my end goal would be to be able to, uh, I guess, I enjoy being in this whole field of this risk and this reward. I like this game. Right. I guess that's something I've always done all my life. Whenever okay. there have been situations where your family or someone tells you, no, you're not someone. I'm like, no, I think I'm going to give it a go. You know, it's <laughs> so, yeah. so I've enjoyed that. So I, as much as I don't come across as a confident person who, who seems to be thriving 
upon it when i look back at it most of the times i've paid it's paid off well so my next my end goal would be to continue to explore such uh, risk taking things that i fear and uh, and hope to continue re- reaping rewards from it man and uh, it'll be in the field hopefully the field of creativity like right. like i set out to be a filmmaker right so that's something mm-hmm. that i've still not scale yeah so that's something that i would then put myself as much as i fear it and all that i'll still put myself through it man if i could take a mic and 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 tell a story and edit it people something that i never thought i would ever do considering as a filmmaker one of the reasons you become a filmmaker is because you're afraid to step in front of the camera you go behind the camera hide and send an actor there and say hey do my lines i'm afraid right yeah. so imagine then having to hold a mic and tell your lines yourself yeah so if i could do that it gives me confidence to say no maybe then i can also do this film thing so things like this man whatever i think i fear the most is what i would think i would like to go and continue opening up and seeing if i can make it or not that's great uh okay so uh i know i said that was the last question but to wrap this whole thing up around circle if you could maybe debunk one south indian stereotype if i could maybe debunk one south indian stereotype oh man <laughs> i guess uh, i would have to start by saying uh, uh south indians all get along really well okay oh we don't do it <laughs> they're equally racist to each other okay Yeah. 